Okay. Praise the Lord. He's worthy. If you're a teenager and you want to head out of the house, over to your room over there, I won't take it personally that you don't like me. You can go. Y'all just scurrying out of here. Um, let me tell you this. What I've learned, and I talked about seed before. How many people heard the potential of a seed? I have two seeds in my pocket, but they disappeared. Right there they are. No, they're not. They're in here someplace. Who knows? <laughs> but there's a seed someplace here. What I want to do is this. I want you to be open today for the word of God. And I believe the word of God is life-changing. It is absolutely amazing. We talked about it being the seed. And if your heart is open, like my wife said and prayed today, that the word of God will come in and make itself on good soil. How many people have good soil today? If your soil is good, the seed's going to be planted and it's going to stay. And it will bear fruit. We know that the word says that. And I don't know about you, who wants to bear some fruit today? Who wants to bear some fruit? I'll tell you, one of the most important fruits you can ever bear is love. And what I love about that is what we saw. I was just simply blown away. The amount of people, the hard work. And something, it's, it's not only tenacity, but just the resilience and how people just work together as a team and got the work done. And we changed something. Here's what's good. When those boys get to that classroom, before that was just a classroom. Hard chairs to sit on. I don't know about you, when they walk in there, they want to know, they're going to know something, that God loves them. They're going to go in and say, this is not the same room. You better believe it's not the same room. Now about you, when I was there, I was praying, I was just believing that there was going to be a boy, there were going to be a boys coming in that room that God was going to do some work on. One of the things must be done in that room must be the word of God must be preached. And when it's preached in love, how many people know when you speak the truth in love, something's going to happen to the hearts of those who hear? Grace comes to those who hear. And I know for a fact there's going to be some boys, their lives have changed for your work. You gave two days of your life to this project, and it will last on, I don't know how long, but I knew one thing. There's going to be boys in this area, in Youngstown, that are going to be changed for the gospel of Jesus Christ because of your efforts. And that's what blows me away. I can get emotional about that. Because I love the fact that we do things together. And when we do it together, nothing's impossible for those who believe. And I believe no matter if you're putting paint on the wall or you, whatever you're doing there, if it's cleaning the floor, or buffing the floor, I know one thing. We planted a good deed. And any time the good deed of God is planted, how many people know there's going to be some fruit that's going to come back? How many people have done that for one boy? One boy. And just know there's going to be more than one. Thank you for your efforts of yesterday, and I can't wait for more to come. I talked to April, and she was just, she couldn't hold back the tears. And when I talked about bringing in the couches and sending them down, and those couches were new that were donated to us. And she just looked at that and thought, wow, who'd have thought? Because of you guys made it all happen. I can't wait to get the stories. God is so good. He's so loving. Today we learned in the class this morning with Lauren and Natalie as they were teaching the love of the Father is absolutely incredible. The Father, see, one of the problems I have is we didn't have, I had a good dad. Now, some of you had some great dads. You had Dads were grounded in word, and you've been brought up on good foundation. And you're here today because your dad was a man of God. And some of us where I had a good dad, but I was not built on a foundation. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't built on the foundation of knowing God's truth. I went to church. I thought it was a good idea. But then soon after college came, how many people know college comes and so the engineering track I was on didn't, it didn't glorify God. What I say that? Got me a career, but it didn't glorify God. So I'm so thankful 
Jesus didn't give up on me. And when I hit a time in my life and he, he saved me, man, my life has never been the same. But fathers can mess up. What God is, he is the ultimate father. And what we studied over there all through the Old Testament is what God did for his people. No matter when they were going astray, he pulled them back. And he, there were so many names through five references in Scripture in the Old Testament, how good he is. Now, people know how good the Father is. I mean, how much love he has for us is unbelievable. It's unfathomable because we associate it with our love with people here. And sometimes our fathers let us down. Sometimes our mothers do. Sometimes sisters, brothers do. Grandparents do. But God's love never fails you. We got to know him better. You know, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I'll roll my sleeves up. You know, if I mess up, fess up. I don't always keep that at the forefront of what I think. Anybody know what I'm saying? Even, even in the wonderful job we did on HeartReach and all that we did, sometimes the, the duty of a good deed can take precedence over the glorious Father that I do it for. You know, and, and you can do it and say, man, this is awesome. I have joy in my heart for this. But then, then it's, there's a part of it to know how much he loves me. Because what would you do as a father if your son or daughter did something wonderful for the kingdom? Maybe you're all about the kingdom work, which the father is. And all of a sudden you see your son or daughter serve and do all their effort to. What do you want to do with them? You want to wrap them in your arms, hug them, kiss them, and tell them, man, that was incredible. Thank you for being a part of my business, my work. So how many people crawled up in the daddy's arms after the job and just... Allow him to love you and to thank you. See, there's a portion of this that we just need to crawl up in his arms. And some of us need that. Maybe you weren't even part of this task. Today, you just need to crawl up in his arms today and let him love you. He's so good at it. He's a good, good father. I mean, people know that. All good and perfect things come from the father of lights. The Father works all things for the good, for those who love him, called according to his good purpose. He loves you. And I'm, so, I'm just so honored to be a part of that. God is able. How many people know he's able? Come on, open your hearts today. Is he able? What's he able to do? We've learned three things already. God is able. He is an incredible Father, able to do. I'm going to today touch on a subject here. And, and I know in this teaching today, this is a tough one. And if I ask the question, how many people in this room has been tempted before, we have to all of us raise our hand because Jesus was tempted in all ways. Yet he sinned none. Hebrews 2.18 says, Jesus himself has suffered and has been tempted. He is, he, he is able to what? Help us when we are being tempted. Now let, listen, we all are tempted all the time. Some of us have enough truth in us and enough faith in us to walk through these times of temptations to come on the other side with glorious results. Some of us don't make it through there. Doesn't mean you don't love Jesus. Doesn't mean that you aren't saved. Sometimes we go on our travel and we're tempted by something. We're pulled into something that we don't know how it happened. You know what I'm saying? So here's the thing. God is able, is he not? It says here, God is able to help us when we're being tempted. That is good news. How many people have been tempted today? You should raise your hand. Every single day, as a believer, there's an enemy. He looks around looking for who he can devour. He's a lion. He roars, and he's looking for those 
cheap that he can devour, right? So at all times, he's trying to pull you back in old thinking. He's trying to pull you back in old ways. And we need to be set free from those things with the truth of God and walk forward to his plan and his purpose for us. But how many people know the devil hates that? He hates it so much that he'll lie to you on a daily basis. He hates it so much he wants to remind you of what you did before. And you know, all the ways that you've ever done anything, he says, you know what, Jim? Remember how you used to do it like this? Didn't that feel better than turn the other cheek? Didn't it feel better that you can argue your facts, raise up and say, you're not going to do that to me in the wrong way because the anger of man does not bring the righteousness of God? And so we know we'll do unrighteous things through my own fleshly anger. So I've got to change my ways to be like him. And how many people know it's easier to be angry than it is to love an enemy? I'd rather choose to be angry. I can, you know, it, it feels better. I can throw things. I can punch a wall, break my hand, whatever. But to love someone who just did that to me, come on. So what I'm tempted to do is lean back on old ways. God wants to bring you to a new way, a new way, and the enemy wants to pull you back in an old way. How many people know you're still wrestling with that at times? But his plan is not to leave us where we are. If you've been with Jesus 50 years, and some of you might have been with Jesus for 50 years, how many people know the battle is not any easier it was when you first got saved? A matter of fact, because of your good deeds, the enemy has hated you and wants to destroy you. I've got good news. God is able to help you when you are being tempted. God is able God of the universe is able to help you even during a temptation. To me, that is glorious to know that the Spirit of God is getting not only the counselors in me, the Holy Spirit, the great counselor, but also God himself is able to be right where I am, any temptation I face, there to help me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? See, that's what's so cool about this. Even in temptation, God says, I'm there to help you. To me, that's good news because I am not a perfect man. And so Jesus doesn't give up on me. I love that. Now listen. It says in Hebrews 4.15, listen to this. It says, for we do not have a high priest being Jesus who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are. Yet without sin. Jesus was tempted in every way. He not only is God who can make things happen in your life, he was tempted just like you were and yet did not sin. So he knows how to help us. If he's going to help us, God is able to help us. I want one who knows. I want one who knows how to guide me. I want to be able to trust in the Holy Spirit who is going to guide me in all truth. How can I do that? Because Jesus himself came as a man and was tempted the same way you were and I was. Which means, hey, he knows. And yet he did not sin. What better way to get counsel? No other man or woman, no matter if you got 15 years in college, maybe you're a Ph.D. in psychology. You cannot be as good as the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ to get through any snag of temptation. Not one. Because every one of them had failed. And maybe failing again and again and again. But Jesus never sinned once. I want to go back to the Father. Can I do that for a moment? We think about temptation. 
think about doing the wrong things. We think about making our father angry. Now about you, my dad was a man who thought that uh, discipline was the right thing. Today we may have an argument about that, but you can't do that. My dad used a way of discipline. Did I deserve it? Yes, sir. I did. Did I get it? Yes, sir, I did. Matter of fact, one time I had to go pick my own switch. I took a long time to do it. We had a willow tree down by the lake. If anybody know what a willow tree is, you take the branches off, and that is one strong whip. You know what I'm saying? Anybody? Says I'm the only one I got to see here. If I'm the only one that got a willow branch switch, or who else had one in their life? Okay, we got one. Brad, thank you very much. Anybody else? Can I? Uh, Mike, good deal. I, I, that George, same thing. Trevor, right? You know what? I took my time to go to the lake. I'm going down to, oh, because I already knew. I already made a switch with those things because I've seen it. It wasn't on YouTube at that time. I'd seen it. And I knew what that says, go down and get yourself a switch. Of course, I'm going down to get one about this big. My dad knew how to discipline, but he loved me. And he didn't even know how to communicate God's word. I still deserved it. So how much more would the Father in heaven discipline his children that he loves? In what ways? So discipline. Fathers. So some of us got distortion in our minds about a father. Some of us have been beating. Some of us have been through abuse. Those are wrong fathers. It's not the way it's supposed to be. And so when we think about the father's love, we think about how much he loves us and all the things he does for us, we just cannot fathom. Because we're stuck in a mindset to think love's like this. I've got to impress my father. I've got to make him happy all the time. That's not at all like the father in heaven. There's nothing you can do in your life that separates you from his love. Nothing. That's a good thing. Even when you're tempted and you fall to that temptation, God the Father is not angry at you and want to, hey, go get your switch. Go get your switch off that, that, off that tree and bring it over because you deserve a weapon. He is not that way. He has a love for you beyond what you can fathom or understand. His love endures forever. He is long-suffering. He loves you that much, he will not let it happen that way. I'm thankful that I serve a God like that. And not one like my father. I worked for days after getting the switch, and I did get the switch. Often it was a belt because it, sometimes it wasn't a willow tree. He wore a belt, and as soon as the belt come off, I changed attitude just like that. It's like, whew. My brother and I were a year apart. Anybody, can, anybody with me here? If you have a brother year apart, it's like squabbling all the time. We had the back of the, I'll put it in perspective just a little bit. My brother and I sat in the back seat going to Florida, Key West, Florida. If you know that trip, <laughs> and an old station wagon. So I'm in the back with my brother, and you know when you play with G.I. Joes in the back of the, you know what I'm saying, in the back of a, a station wagon, there's just going to be some squabbling, right? My brother would draw a line. My, my, my dad turned around. You better separate yourselves. And my brother would draw a line like you press over this. He would just wait until I cross that line. And bam, you cross the line. Dad says you can't. And it would just be like that all the time. 
So that wasn't helpful when I wanted to change some attitude. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to be somebody else. I wanted to be, but my brother, I blame it all on him because he's the one that sucked me into the attitude I'm in today. Now, good thing that Jesus don't give up on me because I had to switch that around to love my enemies. Of course, my brother's not an enemy, but at that time it seemed like it. Being tempted in every way yet without sin, what a father sending his son to Christ Jesus to go through that for us. And now we have a way. Everybody believe that God is able? Is he able to help you in time of temptation? He's not a father that you may be used to. He's a father. He's a good, good father. And there's plenty of verses that Lauren has in her notebook, Old Testament. And how many more thousands of verses in God's word is going to tell you how good our father is there? Even in times of temptation. Even in times of falling, even in times that we sin against him. He is still there to help us. Is God able to help? Oh, yes, he is. Let's go on. James 1. Everybody like the book of James? <laughs> Hang on. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own, what, desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. Now listen, temptations are just the beginning. You've got to get this right, because when temptation's got its grip, it's going to do what? It's going to entice you based on what desires. Isn't it good that Jesus just takes care of those things too? You know, if you took exam, an exam of where you were before Jesus, you would probably answer questions not the way you do now. Which means this, even your desires as you know Jesus will change. It's because of his glorious love. And so in that training, by his holy word, what happens? This changes. I don't have the same ones. It's not like I have to give it. Hey, Jim, you, you thinking about alcohol? I haven't thought about that for 30 years. Well, 35 years. I can't count anymore. I'm just losing track of time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't even think about it. It's not even a part of my life. Even though I got a DUI and almost crashed a car into a tree. It wasn't my car. It was the company's car. Nearly totaled it out. You understand what I'm saying? What Jesus has done in my life is absolutely incredible. Please, never lose sight of where you were before. Don't become one who goes to the, to the synagogue, goes inside, and look at another and say, I'm sure glad I'm not like this man. For the other man beats his chest. God, forgive me. And the other one look at the other one and says, I'm glad I'm not like him. Don't ever forget of where you were before Jesus came and did his work. That is a wrong way of thinking. The right way is knowing God saves you. He loves you. And he does good work. He does good. He is worthy to praise. He is worthy to praise. He's so worthy. <laughs> Brings forth death. We see what happens when we're enticed. We see what happens when our desires are not where he is. Our desires are something about us. It always leads us down a path that is not good. The end of the path is death. We know that. But thank God Jesus is here. He will cover you. He will pull you into a life. 
He will change the desires of your heart. How many people know the old way is gone? There is a new way that comes. And I'm so thankful for that. I can rejoice in the fact that he is not done with me yet. Now, I don't know about you. When you start thinking about things, everybody know what that kind of belt is? If you're a weightlifter, you probably know what it is. You know, it's really kind of stupid what they do with these things. But I hate to say that. Guys will put these things on. Maybe some girls will put them on thinking they're going to save their back. And they start squatting 500 pounds and their knees are going... So I was dumb at one time, and I thought that was really cool. And uh, so I would put my belt on, and is it going to fit? You're all looking like, is it going to fit now? Hmm? Yeah, okay. And I would put this on, and I remember when I put it on, I'm like, okay, I'm ready now. <laughs> Come on, put it. And I remember the squat rack, and I'd be like, hmm. You ever been to a gym before, a real gym with the guys? You all have to grunt. You know, it's a grunting thing. You all have to grunt. And you have to make sure everybody knows that you're about ready to lift. Unless you just first got there and you only have like 20 pounds on, then you don't want nobody to see. You're like, okay. But if you've been there for a while, then you want to make sure everybody knows you're ready to go, right? Squat racks up. you got the weights on, and I'm going to go get it. So you put your belt on, and some of them wrap their knees. Think about this for a moment. It, it, it does not make any sense. And I'm not here to, especially if, if you've been weightlifting for a while and you're a beast, Mark, or a beast. And I'm not here at all. I'm not saying he's, he's just a big guy. I'm not saying that, yeah, none of this has, you know what I'm saying. Okay. I'm trying to be a friend of Mark. If he stood up right now, you know why I'm saying that. But I just don't understand the whole theory in that. Because you wrap your knees, you wrap your, you're doing everything so something doesn't break. To lift weight that when you're 80, you're going to look back thinking, why did I do that? My knees don't even work anymore. But anyway, here it is. I go in there, you're starting to grunt, you put your weight belt on, and you get underneath that, you're go, you can't even walk. <laughs> so you're going, and the people behind you go, has this guy got this or what? Your spotter's about ready to freak out because you don't know. And so you're walking back and you go, I got this. <laughs> but anyway, we won't go into that. That's not where I'm supposed to go. <laughs> so you got the belt of truth on. Uh, so what do we need to do? We need to. <laughs> Sorry, I just got carried away there for a moment. <laughs> so exciting. I don't do that anymore. I do lift things the wrong way. You know. You're supposed to. We know that you're supposed to lift your legs, but anyway. Uh, belt of truth. So what we need to do here is we need belt up. Anything we are facing. If you are facing anything in your life that you need to get free from, maybe you just need to get strength underneath. Maybe you just need to bear the weight. Maybe you need to belt up. So what do we need to do here? The belt says, uh, it, the belt means there's, there's, there's armor we put on, and we're going to get into the armor of God here in a few weeks, which is really going to be good because we're going to take our time and we're going to do a study within a book. And I think you guys are really going to love it. Because I don't know about you. I want to learn how to fight my enemy. Not just find him. Not just notice him. Not just notice his work and say, that is the enemy. I want to be able to say, uh-uh, not on my watch. I want to know how to defeat him. I don't want to watch him play. I want him to leave. And so I don't know about you. I'm, I'm going to teach in through this book, and I hope all of you are going to help us because here's what I like to see do. We're going to all buy the book. It's 12 bucks. That's the best investment to beat the devil. So I want all of us to get a book together. It's very easy. It's a workbook, and we're going to work right through it. We're going to have a good time because at the end of the season, all of us are going to put our boxing gloves on, and we're not going to beat the air. We're going to beat an enemy. So I've had it with what he's doing. And I can see him at times. 
And yet sometimes if you're in the middle of the battle, you don't see him. Let others come around you. See, I see who that is. That if we're all ready to fight, he's got some problems. Because I don't know about you, when we resist the devil, he will flee. So we're just going to have to learn how to do this. The word of God's going to help us. Okay? But anyway, the first thing we put on is the belt of truth. That's it. How does that mean? Anytime I face my enemy, I'm not going to sit there and go, well, there's the enemy. Oh, I don't know what to do. I want to make sure I know exactly what to do when I see him. And you know what? Call him out. If you're tempted, call him out. He doesn't like that. So anytime that, how do you know you're tempted? Well, when your desires, remember it says your desires lead you away? So all of us have these things that still need to be renewed. We're not all fully on his board or on his ship, okay? Some of us still have desires that kind of lead us astray. When those desires are start to flare up, guys, it might be a picture. It might be a woman walking down the street. But when you see yourself thinking, if Jesus is beside me, I probably shouldn't do this. It's probably a desire that's flaring up. I want you to be able to identify the enemy and not just say, oh, and have those enticements. I want you to say, nah, I see you there. I want you to be able to say, I see you there. Y'all got it? So when something happens, you feel some enticement, and you know there's a temptation flaring up, I want you to immediately see the enemy in that. That makes sense? So when something comes your way, you think, mm, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. And I feel like, oh, okay. I want you to say, I see you there. I see you there, and I see what you're doing. And guess what? Not on my watch. First, you've got to identify it before it becomes a temptation. Now, Jesus isn't tempted in all ways, which means it's not wrong necessarily. It's not sin to be tempted. It's what you do with the temptation in the mind that leads you away. So before you, okay, the temptation comes, you see it, now you've got to call him out on what he's trying to do. You see? And that's what we're going to learn how to do. And how do you do that? Ephesians 6 tells us there's a belt we put on. We just don't mess around. We don't say, well, I'm not sure. When you see it, fight it. See it taken on and say, "Uh uh-uh, not on my watch. Belt of truth is what? It's a belt that you gird, the Bible says gird up, gird up. First thing you do in the belt of truth is put it on, which means what? You have to know truth. So if you don't know the truth yet, I will say what, what Bible verse are you standing on? Okay, if you're fighting something, what are you standing on? What makes you stand? What makes you stand firm? What makes you get under that weight and stand and confident that you're going to be able to do that? I think it's going to be a belt. Does it make sense? So the big weightlifters put it on. They're getting ready to what? Get up underneath something. They're ready to stand. Okay, so we're going to put our belt of truth. And boy, I'm telling you what, the devil hates that. He does not want you to memorize Scripture. He does not want you to know Scripture. As a matter of fact, he wants to distort it for you. So you think you know it, but you don't know it. Don't rely on it here. Rely on it here. You know how to do the transfer. It's by experience. Know it. And let it come into the heart where the soil is good, where the seed is planted. The word of God is his seed. And it will be planted. And it will bear fruit. And you will find strength to bear up underneath it, no matter what the weight is. You understand? He said, not all of a sudden we say, we pray, God, I see the temptation. We take it away. Does it say that in his word? No, he says, I will help you in your time of temptation. I will help you. So don't take it away. Don't pray, God, take away this thing. He's saying, no, you think about what you're doing right now. And now before it becomes a, 
a, a, an action from your thinking. I'm going to help you find a way out. Now, this is what's good. You all got the pelt of truth? I'm going to keep that on because does it look stylish, honey? Kind of looks stupid, doesn't it? Okay, well, I'm just going to leave that stupid thing on. Okay. 1 Corinthians 12, 10, 12 says this. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Then you're going to get into something really good. That means when you think you're standing, a good thing, stand up underneath it. And we know that enemy comes, I'm going to stand, I've got a bell of truth, I'm going to stand against him, I'm going to take my stand. That's good. But don't think for a moment that you're safe. Do not look for safety. If you send men to the front line to fight, you're not going to send them to the front line and say, okay, sit down and take it easy. You're going to get them ready. Beware, beware lest you fall. So who's going to stand? All of us that knows God's word. We're going to stand up against him. We're going to be ready. But we're not going to say, hey, it's, we're not going to keep our eye off what we need to keep our eye on. Beware lest you fall. You ready to stand? I like that part. Now it goes into something very critical here. 1 Corinthians 10 says, no temptation has overtaken you. Say it again. No temptation has overtaken you. Except what's common to man, which means, or common to mankind, or humanity. Which means this, that there is temptations that come into the body of Christ, any believer, that is not uncommon. Because the devil's not that good. He's not that good. Which means there's commonality in the way he does things. Commonality to the temptation he's bring toward the people of God. It's all, and so if we really talk about things in confession, you'll find out, hey, I got that same issue. Nothing's uncommon. It makes sense. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. He will not allow it. Okay? But with the temptation, he will also provide a way out, a way escape, so that you may, what, be able to what? Bear it. Some of them say endure it. So that means what? You're not, he's not taking it away. He's, it's still there. That means you've got to fight it. You've got to identify what it is, and you've got to be ready for it. You can't just say, hey, take it away. Okay, I feel good now. I feel that I, it's gone. I don't have to worry about it. I got my eyes off. He says, no, I'm going to show you how to get up underneath this thing and be able to stand it and bear it. So that won't come that way anymore. You see, you've got to, if it's in, people may know this, if you're in weightlifting, the more you weightlift, the bigger you get. Because the way you were designed is that the muscle grows, becomes stronger, which means you have to do the exercise to get stronger. You can't just all of a sudden make me strong. Bammo. Steroids. No, I'm just kidding. They're not a good idea. So all of a sudden, wouldn't it be awesome? Makes you into a Superman just like that. Bam, save. There it is. Boom. It's not that way. You've got to learn how to bear how to take this thing and take, it, take, take that thought captive. You've you got to be able to fight this thing. You've got to get strong against this thing. He's going to let you bear underneath it so you become knowledgeable what to do when that comes. Does that make sense? That's the way he works it. He don't take it away the way he says, now watch what I do with you. Come on. He's, is he able? Is God able? That's what the word says. So he's able to help you. I like when it says, he has also provided a way out. Well, I don't know about you, we don't always look for that door. All of a sudden, we're fighting this temptation before we know it. He says, no, i got a door open. Don't you see it? There is a way out right here. Let him teach you. Okay? So we bear up underneath it. We put our belt of truth on. What we do, we, truth of God's word, I am ready, I understand, and I can get up under that thing, and you, mm-hmm, I've got it. i got it. I can see you there. I identified it. Now I'm going to bear underneath it, and I'm going to find that way of escape. 
That's what the word teaches us. Love it when God doesn't give up on it. Way to bear it. Confidence in your own security is no evidence that you are safe. Found that in a commentary. Thought that was very good. Confidence in your own security. See that? Confidence in your own security. You can never make yourself safe. A life with Christ is not a safe life, but a strong, warrior, fighting, ready life. You should be strong in the Lord. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So that's what we need to be able to do. So no evidence. Don't, don't look for safety, guys. Not in girls. Come on, let's not look for safety. Let's look what's going to work. Jesus, remember these things. Jesus will always provide a way of escape so that you will be able to what? Bear it. Carry it. It's like, mm-hmm, not way anymore. This, this, I'm, I'm not going to do this. Before you know it, it won't even come your way. That's learning how to resist. We bear, we get endure, we endure it. Jesus is able to help those who are being tempted. I want you to leave with that thought. Jesus. Description of Jesus. He is the way, truth, and life. Do you see how he helps by the truth of the belt? I don't want you to get stuck in a temptation and say, well, Jesus, you said you'd be here with me to help me, and you're not changing the way you think. If you're not letting God's word change the way you think, and you're not using it as a belt, good luck. Because you're going to need help when you get in that temptation, and it leads you to death. Because the only way in this is by his truth. He will use that truth to give you strength. You'll identify it, and you will fight against the enemy with it. Jesus teaches us when he's tempted for 40 days. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for this good day. We thank you, Father, that you've got a plan, even in temptation. Lord, this is a tough subject because we're all tempted all the time. Tempted in many ways. Lord, <laughs> we need your help. But, Father, I understand this much. You will give us all that we need. You even have a way of escape. You have a way through this thing that we might not even see. We might be so deep into this thing that we don't even see a way out. But, God, I know your word says you're able to help us, those who are being tempted. But not only that, Father, you are there by your word to change the way we think. You're the way to renew our minds so we're transformed. Boy, I just, I, when I think about that, Lord, how important is reading your word? How important is it for us to open up the Bible and to learn that word and get it into us? And your Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. It reveals to us in the truth what we need at that moment. Lord, I'm so, I'm so amazed that when I gird up in that belt, that, man, I, I, can, I can do anything. So, Lord, I pray for all that's in this room. May the truth of your word be learned, not only learned, but, Lord, rooted in our soil. May that seed of truth be planted and grow up strong, bearing good fruit. Lord, you are an amazing God. We love you. In Jesus' name.